not going to bring up the blister. Yeah, you probably shouldn't bring up the blister, but, you know, that's a story for another time. Tipping Liverpool to stay up this year. <laughs> Thanks for explaining how the Premier League works, then. Enjoy that now. No. <laughs> uh... Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Football Times podcast with myself, RadioTimes.com sport editor Michael Potts, and I'm joined in the virtual studio by Mr. Jake Wilson of BBC Match of the Day magazine. How's it going, sir? Feel better now. Heard those words in that way, Michael. I've been waiting all week for it, and thank you for, for blessing me with it once again. I'm good. Um, the football world has been interesting mainly because I scored an absolute rocket in fives on Tuesday night. And, I mean, uh, yeah, the world's been talking about that alone. Yeah, that has been the headline news this week. Jake scored a goal. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, yeah, let's not beat around the bush here. What a week for football. I mean, any day where Jose Mourinho can be sacked, and I kind of forgot about it by dinner time, um, that kind of suggests how big this week has been, how crazy Monday was, how crazy Tuesday was, uh, and how ultimately satisfying the whole thing ended. Beautiful. Uh, we'll be chatting a little bit about the European Super League later on, but we'll be trying to put a bit of a, not a positive spin on the league itself, but we'll be trying to put a spin on uh, on how how we football can go forward and heal and mend from this situation uh, after such a turbulent time. Uh, we'll also be bringing up to speed with all the latest fantasy Premier League tips. Uh, and as ever, we're going to kickstart the show uh, looking at some of the biggest games on TV this weekend, a couple from the Premier League and a big old cup final to look forward to as well. Shall we get going, Mr. Wilson? Please. Let's get into it. Football. It's nice to talk about football, you know. I don't want to talk about men in suits. I want to talk about football. So let's do it's that. Football on, it's been on every day this week, basically. Yeah. It's been matches all the time and they've kind of washed past us. But uh, let's hmm. get it back. Let's get uh, let's get our game back. Get back in the rhythm. Stick that TV on for, for the right reasons to watch the football again. Uh, starting on Saturday, 24th of April, it's a 5.30 kickoff on Sky Sports Premier League main event. And now uh, it's West Ham versus Chelsea. Um, now that fixture in the past has been feisty. It's been um, there's been some fraught tempers in in those games. Little, uh, well, I guess never before or, or for a long time we haven't seen a game between these two that has meant quite so much. I mean, they're both neck and neck. Uh, they're both a little bit patchy for form. There's not really a, a massive favour out of these two. Uh, level on points. And there's a Champions League place up for grabs. I mean, this is this is quite an unprecedented game between West Ham and Chelsea, really. Yeah, it's it's the momentum builder, isn't it? It's uh, it's who's taking the the advantage and and moving on and pushing towards those Champions League places. Who's having it in their hands? Which at this point in the season is the phrase that we hear all the time and is so important. Um, and you've got two sides that, that are quite different, really. Um, after the the weeks, interesting news. Um, people rightly so, aren't super keen on Chelsea um, for, for, for signing up for what they signed up to. Um, but West Ham have somehow, somehow emerged as everyone's second favourite Premier League team. <laughs> <laughs> Out of nowhere, um, everyone wants them to, to, to win every game and, and break that monopoly of the, the top four and, and keep teams like Chelsea and Liverpool out of the Champions League, it, it would be beautiful karma. Um, and, and they've got players that you want to be watching and who are exciting. And yeah, the, the mood as a neutral towards West Ham is the complete polar opposite to that as Chelsea. 
I figured I'd seen everything over the last over the last year, and um, West Ham becoming like the people's champion is just not one of them that I expected. I mean, pandemic fair. I mean, of course it was going to happen, but West Ham becoming the people's champion, the neutrals' favourite, the Champions League contenders threatening to bring down the monopoly. I mean, what is going on there? <laughs> no, no disrespect, West Ham fans, but you know. You're not the most popular club going around. And here we are. You're sitting fifth in the league. Fantastic team. Uh, David Moyes is, is back, I guess, if you want to say that. He's, he's back to his Everton best. Uh, and he's threatening to do exactly what he what he did with Everton, really. Um, a couple of slightly, slightly worrying signs for West Ham in the last few games. Uh, the Declan Rice obviously hasn't been in there. He's been injured and and, and will still remain out for, for a little bit of time. Um, Defence maybe creaking a bit in his absence. Uh, I know they conceded three in his last game against Arsenal, uh, but they've conceded two in each of the last three. Um, a 3-2 win, a 3-2 win and a 3-2 loss. Um, it's not... It's not ideal because it means in those days when your strikers aren't turning up, when Antonio maybe doesn't turn up, or if, if he's out, uh, if Bourne doesn't turn up, it, you're putting a lot of pressure on on those players. I think, and and you know when you concede in two, you can't really expect to even get a point from a game. Um, so you you probably think they need to, to need to patch that defence up a little bit. Obviously, made a little bit more difficult by uh, by Craig Dawson's absence. Uh, got sent off for a, it was a very very silly second yellow. Um, it was a second yellow, but it was very silly on his part. Um, you, get a, you get a feeling they probably need to tighten up if they're going to do this. Yeah, um, it looks like Balbuena will come in for Dawson, um, and I think he's a, he's a very good backup. So I think defensively, um, it won't look too different, but you mentioned someone earlier at the other end of the pitch, Antonio, with him being out and West Ham likely to have less of the ball, he's exactly the sort of player you're going to want at the other end with Jesse Lingard running, mm. being direct at that Chelsea back line. Um, we all know how how um, strong West Ham have been going forwards. They've scored a lot of goals. They've been clinical when they needed to. Um, like you said, the defence now, without Rice, without Dawson, there is a question mark there. But if they can, if they can keep on this 3-2 rhythm... Um, maybe, maybe um, their dream's still on. No, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, certainly they're, they're still very much, very much in the race. And I still I still think they will do it, given their fixtures, given the fact that um, Chelsea have you know a bit of Champions League involvement. They have their fingers in other pies, so to speak. Um, and obviously, an FA Cup final coming, coming at the end of the, the, the season as well. Uh, so I think West Ham will probably still do it. I still back them. But yeah, just need to tighten up at the back a little bit and... and be, be satisfied with those one nil wins, those those two one wins, uh, as opposed to you know putting everybody's nerves through the shredder uh, at the at the end of games, trying to fight back into them from two or three down. Um, Chelsea quite the opposite. I mean, there's only been two goals in their last three games across both teams, so a one nil loss, a one nil win, and a nil nil draw. Um, they just can't quite find that sort of consistent goal scorer, and and this is a time when. When Tammy Abraham was making headlines, um, as as being dropped and being cut out of the squad, seeing him, he's been linked with a return to Aston Villa, but on, on a permanent deal. Um, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because my housemate, um, he's a Chelsea fan, and uh, his friends in their little WhatsApp group, they all have a bit of a bit of a thing about Tammy, sort of just not being that technically brilliant up front, but he still gets the job done. He still wins wins stuff in the air. He's a tall presence. He's quick. 
and he just seems to be in the right places to, to finish them off. Maybe he's not an elite striker, but he still scores the goals. And I wouldn't I wouldn't say technically he's not very good. I I think he's he's much better than he gets credit for. Mm. I remember going back to Molyneux last season. I was really looking forward to it. Chelsea, you know, at home, big game. Tammy Abraham scored a hat trick. He absolutely destroyed that Wolves back line. The third goal, he was one on one with Cody and he flip flapped him, mm. went outside and fired past Patricio. And it was brilliant. I and, remember that one. Really, we didn't really have any complaints because he, he was he was outstanding. And I think he's shown um, for Chelsea and for other teams that, that he is definitely good enough to be a top Premier League striker. Mm. Top six is different because they play by their own rules, those big six. Um, and offensively, they, they can't have any room for, for doubt, which is why they spend so, so much money on, on their players. Rather mm. than maybe trying Abraham, giving him some time, they bought Werner for 50-odd million. So that's how they play the game and how they feel like they have to to keep reaching that top four and the Champions League. So, yes, I think I think Abraham will will leave. Um, and this season, I, it would be funny to me if he did get much more of a look in because they've got players like Pulisic and Ziyech and Havertz behind Werner, for example, who have been stepping up. But that big word, the big C, consistency, um, hasn't been there. Defensively, they have been. Four goals conceded in their last 13 games is outstanding. Mm. Um, but then they go from, from beating City uh, in an FA Cup semi-final to, to scramble into a nil-nil draw against Brighton. So it's, it's that inconsistency that could keep them out of the Champions League um, and the top four, uh, probably West Ham benefiting from that. But they've got, the, got all the foundations. They just need that one player to, to win a header in the right place or, or snaffle in a rebound until the end of the season. I think, I think they'll scrape by like that. Mm-hmm. And what's your prediction for this one? Big game, uh, I guess a win for either. Uh, it's obviously not fatal to the other, the other team's chances, uh, but it would be a big signal uh, going in with sort of, you know, five games to go after that uh, with a little three point lead. Uh, how, how do you see it playing out? Yeah, we haven't really Sold it as a massive scoring game with the Chelsea being so good defensively, um, Antonio being out. I'm going one-one. I think I think Chelsea will score, um, but but West Ham have got a bit about them. They don't give up this season. Feels a little bit like attack versus defense, or it could be. I don't know. I don't know. Could be that. A little bit, a little bit of Lingard getting in there. Um, if anybody's going to get in there and, and score a score, you know he's the man on form right now across the Premier League. Uh, I'll join you with that. I'll join you with a little one-one there, um, and we'll see how that one goes. Good luck to to both teams as they battle to the end of the season. We hope they are both still battling uh, right until the final whistle of the final game. And moving on to Super Super Sunday, a uh, little quick shout out to your boys Wolves uh, against Burnley. That's a 12 o'clock kickoff. Uh, it's on BBC, so you can enjoy that one for free. Uh, moving on to later in the afternoon, uh, we have a huge game that I guess everybody has been looking forward to pretty much since the fixtures came out. Uh, it's Leeds United versus Manchester United. What a game. Uh, it's on 2 o'clock kickoff on Sky Sports Premier League main event and now. Um, I want to chat about Manchester United with her big grin on my face. So I'm very neutral when it comes to Man United. This is an unbiased opinion. But um, can we just conclude that Ole is doing a fantastic job yet? Are you ready to concede this? This has been a long-running battle between me and you all season. We've swayed backwards and forwards. We we agree and nod politely a lot of the time. Are you willing to accept that Ole 
is smashing it right now. Not in those words, no. <laughs> no, not having it. I don't think he's doing a bad job by any means, but smashing it, I can't agree that he's smashing it. In this season where no team has been consistent enough, City have, have taken this big lead because they they got that consistency, 13 wins on the spin um, between uh, Boxing Day and, and March. Um, but... Man United have been good. They have been grinding out results. But you look at the teams behind them, Leicester aren't challenging for the title as much as we really want them to. West Ham you know, and Chelsea there have both had their down moments. Man United are the best of a bunch that haven't been brilliant. We've, we spoke about Leicester in third and, and, and how they've dropped off. Jamie Vardy's having maybe his worst patch of form ever uh, at Leicester. So... I think if the competition was better and Man United were in second, but Liverpool were the same Liverpool and, and Spurs had been resurgent, then you could then you could say, yes, Ollie, wow, you, you're really doing better than these brilliant teams. But he's he's got his team more points than teams that aren't at their level this season. Um, and I think that has to come into come into play. He's nowhere near a title challenge, really. And at Manchester United, they expect nothing less. But isn't that what we want from Man United, though? You want that. There's so many times in the past where they've fallen. I know there was that famous one, I think it was against Burnley when they lost 2 0 and every, the world sort of caved in a little bit in, I think it was last January or something. And uh, I don't know why I remember that. I just do. Anyway. Um, but, it, like, it, there has been so many times over the last few years United haven't beaten those teams. And now they actually pretty much consistently are beating every team they should beat. And I think that's a very good sign of progress from Man United. Uh, obviously, not the finished article. They've obviously beaten Man City at times. They've got good results against some of the some of the bigger boys. Um, looking at some of the stats here, they've got uh, let's have a let's have a look. They've won the last four by two goals each. They've won the last five in all competitions. They've lost one in twenty. Their last defeat was in January. That was against Sheffield United. Um, I mean, sorry, the 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 one in January was Sheffield United. The one game they've lost since then uh, was the one against Leicester in the in the quarterfinals, which. I mean, yeah, that's probably the one game they wanted to win out of all of that lot, really. Um, I just think they've done a good job. And I think the, they look like a settled team now. I think United, it was always going to be a bit of a slow rebuild sort of over the last year or two, especially in, in these times. Um, but I'm, I'm just encouraged by them. And I think if they go out and get somebody like, uh, maybe it's not a Haaland, but, you know, a, a big a big consistent goal scorer focal point up front I mean even if Cavani plays every week and, and, and hits top top gear you never know um, I don't know I don't think they're far away from being a very very good title challenging dare I even suggest Champions League threat in there uh, we've, uh, maybe I'm going too far maybe I'm going too far your face says I am but I think I think they they are a growing team and each of those players is getting a little bit more experienced a little bit older but not too old so they're coming into their primes I mean Fernandez is still so young um, I, I think that in Maguire we always criticise Maguire when he's when he's off form um, or makes a mistake but I think he's shown a lot of leadership this season in, in tougher times and actually Again, the other day with the Super League stuff, apparently he was quite a big presence among the players. I just think there are a lot of signs that, that are going well for Man United right now. don't think that I'm totally disagreeing with you. I don't 
I don't disagree, really. I think Ollie is doing a good job. And I think one thing that you're right is he's created that settled side. So all the news that's come out today in the last couple of days is um, Fernandez happy to sign a new contract as long as Pogba does. You get them two to sign new contracts. It, it sets the tone and it, it keeps... It makes it look like United are building again, mm. rather than scrabbling and, and piecing together this kind of this kind of patchwork quilt. They're they're creating a, a side, um, and I think they are doing that. I, I, the, the part I disagreed was the smashing it. I don't think they're they're overachieving. They're just getting back to a place where they are going to be in contention for top four. And yes, like you said, <laughs> their results have been good. Um, they haven't always flattered on the pitch, um, but they, they've got them out. You know, um, behind the scenes, things aren't settled as maybe they are on the pitch. Obviously, with the the fans um, storming the training ground today, making their voices heard um, against the owners. Hopefully, that doesn't disrupt what Ollie's got going on the pitch. Um, but yeah, I would say they're on the right path, footballing wise, for sure, mate. Fair play, fair play. I just want to like prod the prod the bear a little bit, you know, just see what happens. Poke the bear, <laughs> kick the hornet's nest. Um, and they obviously go up against where well, they're going to Ellen Road. I mean, what a game this would have been had we been able to have fans, especially, especially given the week we've had. Oh my word, that would have kicked off. Um, I'm sure there'll be some form of uh potential gathering outside of Ellen Road at some point, but we'll see what transpires over the weekend. Um, how do you see this one going down between two good United teams? Um, what's going to happen? Leeds, let's give them a little bit of praise. Just over 20% possession against Man City uh, and, and got the <laughs> W. Um, and then they they, uh, they got a point off Liverpool as well. They, they've got Cock. And they've got Lorente and they've got Strauk, three centre-backs who can do a job. They've, they've got it all going. They are relentless, they're unpredictable, and they are box office. And I can't wait for this one for the weekend. And do you know what? I'm backing them. 2-1. Ooh, he's gone big. He's gone big. I'm going with a two-all draw. I can see... What can I see? I can, yeah, I can see... I can see a very good game. I, th- I can see this being a very, very good game. I think United... They are out. Are they out of the title race completely? Are we totally, like, totally writing them off yet? I mean, yeah, yeah. After after City beat Villa, um, they they kept that. I think, that, yeah, so. yeah. That may have been the clincher, wasn't it? I think had City lost last night and United won tonight, that would have made an interesting final few games. But I think United can go out there, play without pressure. I think, like you say, the the mood among the players could be galvanised after the last week. I think they'll do well, but obviously Leeds. Um, uh, more than a match for for any team in the league and their fitness levels just a shout out to their fitness levels they are still going still playing their their style of football uh, and actually improving while other teams look like they're slowing down Leeds just find another gear fantastic uh, I'm going with a two-all draw and let's just hope it lives up to its billing uh, and moving on to the afternoon we're going to take a little deviation away from the Premier League um, you know, not permanently to a, a breakaway or anything like that. But we're going to go into the Carabao Cup final uh, between Manchester City and Tottenham Hotspur. Um, I feel that there's only one place to start when we're talking about Spurs. Um, Jose Mourinho. I love that guy. Unconditional love for that guy. Um, was it the right time for, for Jose to go? It sounds uh, financially like it was. Um, <laughs> it's the right time for him to go, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was somewhere, um, went around on WhatsApp, 
Um, but apparently, if Jose got sacked when he's in the top four, it's thirty million pounds cash out. If it's if it's in the, if he's in the top six, it's a it's a lower figure. And um, if he's outside the top six, that figure that Tottenham would have paid him as compensation was much 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 lower. Um, so I think Levy in the in the cloud of the ESL um, made a financial decision as Levy likes to do. Um, to do it in the week of the cup final where you can win your first trophy for plenty and plenty of years is a very interesting one. Um, but they've, they've done it and you can't argue too much. Spurs don't look brilliant um, at the minute. They got humbled in Zagreb uh, in the Europa League. And I think that was the real turning point. That was a real low moment for Spurs, um, mm. let alone this Spurs. And they haven't really bounced back from it as they would have hoped. Um, we spoke about them over the pods over the last few weeks. They've had players who have had patches. Um, you know, Harry Kane's done all he can to drag this Spurs team to points. What a guy. His ankles and hamstrings just like bowing under the pressure of uh, a big club. But um, yeah, frankly, they brought Mourinho to win something. They didn't, but they also took the chance <laughs> off him. So it's an interesting one, and, and Mourinho will be fine. He'll go get a nice big job somewhere. Ryan Mason till the end of the season. You love to see it. Um, you're just ever Premier League manager. I hope it all works out for him temporarily. And then in the summer, there's there's play, people available. You know, Nagelsmann spoke about again. Uh, Marcelino. There's some there's some good managers out there, and and yes. Spurs, Spurs could come back stronger from this. Ryan Mason, he's, he's 29. I'm trying to do some quick maths in my head. He's younger than the Premier League, isn't he? He's the first manager yeah. younger than the Premier League to manage in the Premier League. That's that's some going. I mean, what what a story that is. His boy from Enfield, um, been at the club for years and years and years and years. Uh, and he's, he's already in there as the manager. His first week, it's a cup final. I mean, what a time to... He's landed into that job perfectly really it's wonderful i really like it um i saw a stat online that um ryan mason played a keeper i think it was five years older than him in hugh Gillery's in his first match if crystal palace manager roy hodgson was <laughs> playing manager five years older than him it would be dino zoff so <laughs> i'm going you the experience uh, deficit that ryan mason's got to got to make up there yes i love it i love it a lot and, and i mean it, it smacks quite a lot of obviously not on the same level as lampard but um nowhere near the same level as lampard but you do wonder whether just that maybe lighter i'm, I'm this is no disrespect to either manager they are serious managers with with serious tactics and um and a serious approach to football but you do wonder whether just that little bit of bringing a bit of personality back to the club or a little bit of it Mourinho, for as much as i love Mourinho, you do just get that vibe of of standoffishness around the club and, and you wonder whether they're truly truly playing for Mourinho whether there's sort of you know a little bit of sniggering and laughing behind his back something at the Mourinho way I, I wonder whether Mason is that sort of guy who just commands the players attention even if he is a bit younger um, obviously he's been around them he knows them um, I'm sure he'll get on with a lot of them his his post-match um, his post-match interview after his, his first game was so strong um, and and full of praise for the players and I think that's Sometimes what the modern footballer needs, just a bit of a, um, a 
an arm around their shoulders. And I, I don't always think Mourinho gives that, especially in public, he doesn't give that. Um, interesting. I'd be very, very interested to see how Mason does here. And whether it's an audition, whether it's just a, a see how it goes, you know, limp them through at the end of the season, I still expect them to go out and get um, a big manager from somewhere, big name manager from somewhere. Um, but but what a chance. And and if he can lift a trophy, he can retire at 29. <laughs> And shout out to Chris Powell, who's um, joined the management team with, with Ron Mason. He is a brilliant, experienced, dedicated manager who knows the business inside out. He'll be shepherding Ryan um, around the managerial pitfalls, I'm sure. So could be a, quite a good team until the end of the season, because um, I'm sure it will last that long. I hope he, I hope he just takes the shackles off. I know Mourinho, Mourinho ball is effective when it needs to be or it has been effective. I still quite like that approach of digging in deep and sort of, you know, defend defend first uh, and, and hit on the break. I'd be fascinated, even just now for, for five games, just to see Spurs go for it. Um, obviously, it's a bit harder with Kane out, but I'd love to see them just attack, attack, attack. And see what happens. I know there's a lot on the line. There's top four potentially still on there. Uh, there's a lot still to play for. But um, I would love to see it. I would love to see Bale, Kane, and Son just at absolute full tilt. It's what everybody wants to see. And, and I, I'd love to think Mason has the has the stones to do it. Um, how <laughs> one team who may not have the stones? <laughs> oh, segue. Yeah, you see where I was going there after his red card during the week uh, is Manchester City. Um, yeah, I mean, they're going to want to win this. They're going to want to get the the fans back on side. They're going to want to put smiles on faces. They're going to want to divert this attention away from the last week. Uh, they are going to want to win this trophy more than, more than ever, really. Yeah, um, three wins from the Prem title. They're in the Champions League semis and uh, this game against the weakened Spurs. On the pitch, all signs are pointed. Uh, Man City, you know, a historic treble on the cards still, uh, despite you know the FA Cup uh, mishap. But but yes, they've got some they've got some work to do um, on the pitch to to regain that faith, as as all the sides that um, signed up to the ESL seem to do. Um, you wouldn't bet against them when the, the the plethora of talent they've got, the match winners that step up, Phil Foden. I don't know if we spoke about him too much on this podcast, but what an absolute mercurial talent we've got um, uh, as, as another a fellow England player. Not fellow England player. That's just my dreams. Um, <laughs> but to be wearing... <laughs> and then he woke up. Yeah. <laughs> I also have bought the shirts with the. Uh, so, no, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Phil wonderful player, brilliant. And what I like about him most is the impact that he makes on games. Yes, he's technically brilliant. Yes, he's versatile which makes him so useful to managers but he impacts games he scores goals he takes on men he sets things up his goal against Villa the other day he fizzed the pass out wide got in the box pulled away to the penalty spot and finished it with ease he's got a bit of everything um, and he's the sort of match winner that could really put Spurs to sword this weekend Mm, absolutely. I, I've seen Foden a few times. I'm trying to watch him a little bit more often. I'm trying to, I don't know, form because because every time you see him, you can be 
you can sometimes sort of see the highlights of a player and you can sort of see them in one game or score that one goal and then actually they disappear for a few games. And there are some games where he has been quieter, but I think that's, I mean, that's expected from every player. Um, but the way he can control a game, like literally control a game and dictate the play, cutting in from that right-hand side with his left foot, some of the, some of his goals he scored this season. It's a real coming of age year from Phil Ford. And, and I still feel like he's not quite... Um, I feel like people don't quite see... And, and he isn't. He's, he's not quite seen as the main man for City yet or, or the sort of absolute nailed-on starter for City yet. I think that's probably next season's project, to see him as that absolute unquestionable one of the first names on the team sheet uh, obviously once Aguero leaves and, and they do whatever they like with a striker if they bring Holland in who knows um, but yeah I, I think I think what a season he's had and and what a talent we have on our hands for England I, I'm I was thinking about this earlier actually as well Kane Grealish and Foden I, I really want to see it I really want to see it I'm not sure whether because they all they all sort of come for the ball rather than you know you, you maybe something I don't know does that mean Kane might have to play a bit further forward less of a quarter back and actually more as an out and out striker if you've got the other two does that change Kane's role but if there is a way to squeeze those three into that team uh, sign me up uh, what is going to happen in the Carabao Cup final what's your prediction for this one Mr Wilson it's tough it's tough isn't it um, well if we're not going to give it to Brentford now um, which <laughs> This is a shame. Um, you can't look past City. I think, especially if Kane is, is you know, less than a hundred percent, it really does knock Spurs as it would any team that has Harry Kane. And City, they showed their resilience against Villa. They could have lost that game. They didn't. They are going to win the Carabao Cup again. Yeah, I, I can't see past City. Um, I mean, I, everybody has got everybody wants Ryan Mason to win this thing. I mean. That would be incredible. I just think Pep may run a couple of rings around Spurs this weekend, uh, given all the turmoil. Uh, Fantasy Premier League. How are you looking in Fantasy Premier League? How's it going? We're coming to the crunch time now, where the um, lots of people have dropped off, Michael. The the leagues are getting a bit thinner. People aren't taking it so seriously. And this is where me and you, this is me and you get those green arrows, Michael, because we stay on it. <laughs> all right? Pop up. I haven't, uh, yeah, this week hasn't been brilliant. Um, Kane obviously being injured, and uh, he was my captain with the double game week. He's done all right, but could have done better. Um, but next week, next game week, obviously, no Spurs and no City players, and that's five of my squads taken out straight away. So I've uh, I've got rid of Stones and I've got rid of Cavett Lewin because he's still 50% uh, for the game, and I've brought in Kabak because Liverpool's running is tidy. And as we spoke about, Michael, I found the money for Edison Cavani because yes. uh, as he came off the bench and he made an impact. Um, so even if he doesn't start every game, I, I back him to, to, to get those returns. Yeah, I picked him up last week, didn't I? And then he came off the bench. I, was, I saw him on the bench. I was like, oh, man, not looking forward to the pod. Uh, and then they came off and did it. So maybe I was looking forward to the pod. Um, yeah, also, shout out to uh, his fellow Man United teammate, Mason Greenwood, who is joining the party at long last. Uh, 7.1 million. Uh, he goes down as a midfielder. So that's an interesting shout as well. Uh, I mean... A lot of bargain midfielders, I guess, around there, sort of around that mark. But Greenwood is forcing his way into that. Um, some huge points totals in the last few weeks. Um, I've got. I'm struggling with so Chelsea. 
Oh my word, Chelsea are putting me through the ringer. I um I have Mendy as Pilaqueta and Christensen, and I don't think I don't think two of them even have started like at the same time across the whole the whole of it. Uh, but fortunately, I've got Melia on the bench with five points to come in for Mendy, uh, and Christensen, who got seven points, is coming off the bench for Aspilicueta, who got zero. So it it kind of works. I've got some sort of weird just any time Chelsea play. Um, I have the bases covered, uh, but yeah, Stones being out, bit of a bit of a blow. Uh, obviously, a couple of blank game weeks to navigate. Uh, looking forward to doing that. Uh, of course, you know, Nacho. I mean, by the time this pod goes out, it'll be Friday, so you know, let's bask in Nacho's hat trick, which is going to happen against West Brom. Uh, we we shall see. And Jesse Lingard just remains the boy. Have you you, you still haven't got Jesse Lingard? Have you? No, no, I I can't figure it out. So I'm um I'm just ignoring it for now. Just I just, uh, keep, put it under the, I just keep setting your challenges. Put it under the rug. Yeah. No. 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 See Jesse, you do well over there. I'm not watching. <laughs> I'm also I'm persisting with Jota as well. I'm still going with Jota. They've, they've got a few fixtures coming up that aren't too bad, but oh, it's Liverpool and they're not they're not quite explosive are they anymore? But we'll see. We'll see. Um, moving on. Finally. Like I say, you don't need us to tell you that Super League has gone down uh, like a balloon filled with bricks, filled with lead, filled with every other heavy substance on the planet. Uh, it has gone down badly. Florentino Perez continues to say that it's just on standby despite everybody leaving. Um, he truly is at the party by himself. Um, it's not been a good week for football. Or, or, or maybe it has. I mean, I was sort of leaning towards the idea of let them go and just let's reform football, let's reshape football. Uh, of course, the 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 so-called big six, as we will just refer to them as the six, uh, are staying with English football. Um, but this is an opportunity, isn't it, Mr. Wilson? We, we, we chatted a little bit, but this is an opportunity where we can, we've seen how powerful fans can be. We've seen how much clubs have missed fans over the last year in terms of atmosphere, in terms of match day revenues. Um, and it feels like there's some been some big wins from fans recently. Big picture sort of got cr- crumbled and smashed. Uh, the pay per view got overturned. Um, the Super League now has crumbled. Sort of fans three owners nil over lockdown. Um, I guess how would you like to see this be used for a positive? I mean, seeing fans protesting and 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 unite it. I mean, we've seen. Dortmund and Dortmund and Bayern Munich were united, <laughs> and Leeds and Liverpool and Man United—they were all united. Like some of the Newcastle fans standing side by side. What? How would you like to see fans sort of protest or or work together for for change in football? It's quite a big question, that. Yeah, a few days on from the the eye of the storm, um, it, we're not in the worst situation in the world. Obviously, money rules football. Um, from the broadcasters to the owners to, you know, every every aspect of football is 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 set up so you know these businesses and they are businesses can just carry on being successful. Um, but we as fans have a say because we can hit them where it hurts. We can turn off the TV. We can stop getting the subscriptions. We can stop going to matches because mm. it's the pockets that, that at the end of the day. So I think it's been nice to to see that you know we, we are hitting them where it hurts when when we need to but there are so many issues in football that we need to tackle with the, the same vigor really i think patrick bamford said it um early in the week 
about racism. There's the racism in the game today, um, unfortunately, from for many fans, um, is is disgraceful, and it needs to be you know rooted out of this game, um, especially on on social media platforms where it's so easy and so prevalent to see it. Um, so yeah, we need to we need to attack that with the same vigor, and then and then as fans, we are given are given a rough deal sometimes. Uh, the broadcasters change um, the, the times, so Leeds fans have to travel down to Brighton on a Monday night, you know, uh, as an as an example, and and ticket prices they aren't they aren't reasonable for an everyday fan who doesn't need want to spend a day's wage on on going to a game with his family so i think those are the things that we could we could tackle from here and and hopefully football clubs will see that in at least in the short term because i don't i think change is inevitable uh, as we've seen with the, the champions league change in their new format that has really gone under the radar this year mm. um the new league table format that looks very odd and, and you know, suspect and needs needs analysis from from the clubs. Um, but you know, teams can't spend what they want, and and the money spent on players like Willian's been a, a big example, and and Eden Hazard, um, you know, maybe that doesn't happen so often, um, and maybe more money we need to look at filtering down the leagues. So, so um, teams grassroots can survive so i think there's a lot in the game that that can do with tackling but i think we as fans definitely have a say um and we have a voice and we've made it heard here and i think that is a lovely positive spin is to look at how we have changed the game here um hopefully it's not just a placebo and (laughs) it wasn't being changed from the top anyway but take that positive spin, take that optimism and let's put it towards other things in the game that, that could be better because it's a game for everyone. It's a game we all love um, and it's a game that deserves being protected and being safe for everyone. So um, hopefully hopefully, football's stronger from here on out. And the mayoral elections are on the 6th of May and if you would like to vote for Jake Wilson, please just get in touch with us. Uh, tell us, you know, write to us, uh, tweet us at Radio Times Sport uh, and we will forward your votes to... The vote, guys. Uh, very well said, Mr. Wilson. I Please agree don't put my name on the ballot. Please do not put my name on the ballot. I'm not ready for that commitment. <laughs> I mean, I think you're safe, but, you know, I, I would vote for you. I'd, I'd follow you in a battle. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an opportunity, isn't it? I think I think we have, we've seen the collective power of fans and, um, you know, it's, it's the cliche, football without fans is nothing. Um this is a time, I think, to sort of strike while while it's while the iron's hot. Really, um, I'd love to see. I'd actually, I'd actually love to see a salary cap on the Premier League. And I know this is sort of the legalities of it, and the sort of I know this is a big, big, big change. But I just think it, clubs don't want to spend these enormous wages. Barcelona don't want to spend these enormous wages on these players. It's crippled some of their finances at the top, even though they are raking in billions and billions of pounds or euros, whatever it is. Um, and I'd love to see some sort of global cap that, not not instantly, but just sort of steadily reduces so that we see wages coming down and that wages to turnover ratio, I think that's such an absolutely, it's crippling so many clubs because they feel like they have to pump 
sometimes more than their entire turnover, just on a wage bill, I've heard at some clubs in the Football League, um, that pressure to do that is just it's just overwhelming. So I'd love to see just those reins brought in a little bit. And that means those owners can actually still make more of a profit because they're shelling out less on, on those players. But then that profit could be then distributed among fans or, or it could be used to bring ticket prices down. I just think football needs to just simmer down a little bit it feels like it's reached this boiling point this exponential growth that just can't be sustained and i just think if we if we bring it all down we rein it in a little bit we chill out <laughs> uh, from the top down um i don't know I, I i think something like a salary cap or some i'm not saying you know i don't know all the details of how that would work but just something to, to rein in those finances uh, to make it a sustainable game for everybody um and and yeah, just maybe bring those top guys a little bit closer in touch with the rest of the league. Um, yeah, I just think that's the sort of the, the, the gradual chilling out process that football needs right now. Um, and and those owners can still make their money. I'm fine with owners making money out of football because it's a business, as you say. It's when it's when that greed overtakes competition um that's just when you have gone too far my friends uh, and fans will fight against that thank you very much for your thoughts mr wilson uh, really appreciate your time as always uh, what's coming up in the magazine this week yes match of the day magazine a home of good quality calm football content um it is our champions league dream team issue so europe's top competition there's been some amazing ballers in there and we want to celebrate them so you'll have to see who makes our special 11 there. We've got some of the most influential ballers in the game. Um, yes, Mr. Marcus Rashford does make an appearance. Uh, and we also uh, say goodbye uh, to Sergio Aguero before he uh, seems like he leaves City. And, Michael, it's not even about the content as well, because there are £4 worth of match attacks on the front of every mag. So that's a full pack of the best of the best cards and a full pack of extra cards. So you get such a big package of good stuff there. Um, Everything. I like it, man. I like it. I, I'm a big fan of the match attacks. That would that would that would take me in. Uh, but Sergio Aguero, you just reminded me he's leaving. Oh, what's this? Oh, he's, he's flashing his match attacks. Um, Sergio I'm, open yet. I'm excited, mate. I'm excited. I'm not, I'm not quite ready for Aguero to leave. Absolutely love that man. But that is a conversation for another time. I'm aware we all need to go off and get on with our lives. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Football Times podcast. Uh, you can come to radiotimes.com slash TV slash sport for all of the latest sporting previews. We've got all the football coming up this weekend and we have a bit of world snooker action. Uh, world snooker championships are ongoing. Um, love the snooker, me. Absolutely love the snooker. Uh, come and check out all the schedules, the guides, when Ronnie's playing, all, the, all that jazz. Uh, and we'll speak to you next week. Thanks very much for listening. Cheers.